Welcome back, guys, to another roundtable. My name is Adam. I have Rusmin with me. Hello. And Victor. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And today at this roundtable, we're going to talk about US office REITs that are listed in Singapore. Yep. All right. And the interesting thing about them and why we're talking about them today is because they have very high yields at this point. Yeah. Double digit yields. So, yep. how high are they? So, Manual Life US REIT is about 16.4% dividend yield. Then if you were to look at uh, Pacific Oak, it's about 10.2%. And when you if you look at Prime, it's about 12.8%. All right. Mm, this is better than your SSP. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we're so used to like single-digit yields uh, yes. for REITs in Singapore. Yep. Uh, and these are basically, I mean, I, I mean, the yields could change by the time. I mean, from the point of this recording, yes, it, could, yeah. it could shift. But at this point, in double-digit yields... And you always can get the latest uh, use from sreed.fifthperson.com if you want to check it out. We update that daily as well. Um, but basically, the yields are so high. And I think the question would be some people watching this is like, so mm. do I, because yeah. these are US REITs in a sense, yeah. listed in Singapore, but do I face the 30% withholding tax? Yeah, I think that is not something that you'll be paying because okay. of the way that they structure it. I mean, it can be quite technical on how they structure it, but in a nutshell, uh, basically these are uh, the loans that they, pack, they package it as a loan. Okay, mm-hmm. And this money is actually given out to the US entity. Mm-hmm. And then of course, this US entity will then pay the interest back to the the REITs itself, okay, right. and in the form of interest, okay, you don't really pay withholding tax for that, you know, okay. if you are a non-US citizen, okay, all that's right. why all the brokers always ask you to fill this form called W8 band form, yeah. Yeah. which you do it, you know, without questioning what is it, um, <laughs> the purpose of it is exempt you from the tax. Yeah, <laughs> or to basically be clear about what your tax status is with regard to yep. US yes. assets and yeah. all that. So just to be clear, these uh, these US REITs that are listed in Singapore, you don't pay the 30% withholding tax, tax so because of the unique structure that they have. Yeah. All right. So maybe just a quick introduction of the three office REITs that we're looking at and what kind of assets they have. Yeah, okay. First, let me start off with Manual Life US REITs okay, because they're the first they are listed in Singapore. Okay, they're listed in 2016 and they own about 12 office assets in United States. Okay, so two of them uh, it's considered trophy assets, mm-hmm. okay, and then uh, two of them are also considered class B, and the rest of them is uh, class A. Okay, so let me explain what is class A, class B, or trophy assets is in the U.S. Right, so for a trophy asset in the U.S., typically they are quite modern. Okay, and uh, typically when you go into the building, you know that it's solid, mm-hmm. right? It's, you may need the access cards to enter the building, right? Okay. And sometimes you go to the the you know, building facade, you know, it looks very beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be a full glass panel. Right, and you look at the quality, you know, is trophy, right? Class A, and typically they are located in the prime location, okay. Mm-hmm. And their tenants are typically or big MNCs, right? and these guys can afford higher rent, okay. And typically they command higher price, lah, because of the quality of the office that you are getting. And for Class A, it's very similar to trophy, except that they are slightly older, right? So if the tenants are also uh, mostly MNC, they are also in the central location, okay, but could be slightly older as compared to trophy because trophy generally are uh, considered less than 10 years old. Then they, you know, feature all the latest amenities, green building and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and of course, Class B will be uh, lower in terms of quality uh, as compared to uh, Class A and in terms of location, it could be further out. Right, so I mean, the best way to tell whether it's class A, class B, or trophy is, you know, just go to the toilet. You know, <laughs> you know that's how I tell when I go to you know, some of the office buildings in Singapore as well. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you go to a certain office building, you go to the toilet, it's like, yeah, mm, mm. class B, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not very It's clean. a good way to have a yeah. look at, you know, the and quality. Class A, typically you look at it, mm, got, a, got a tissue. I don't mind you know. sitting here. <laughs> yeah, you mind sitting here for 30 minutes, <laughs> an hour. Yeah, same thing for a uh, trophy itself. The okay. trophy will be like, oh my, this is better 
better than my home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it could be. Yeah. So and class class B generally the tenants are SMEs lah. Okay? okay. So but so what we have with uh, Menu Life is mostly trophy and class A. Okay? okay. They have two of them are class B. Okay. But generally a tip top okay. uh, type of uh, property. Okay. And of course, if you go to uh, Keppel Pacific Oak. I think they also, which is listed in 2017, the second oldest uh, office reach in Singapore, uh, they're based in the US. Uh, okay, so they have about three uh, class B, one mix and nine class A. Okay, so I would say they are still majority class A. Okay, and most of their offices are located in the key growth markets, like in the tech hubs of Seattle, Austin and Denver. Right, so uh, yeah, so and yeah, so these are the the that's for the Capital Pacific Oak, okay, and of course the third one is Prime US uh, REITs. So also they are mostly uh hundred percent uh Class A office types, okay, and they are more diversified in terms of geography in the US, okay. They have some in three in California, uh, two in Colorado, and you know, a few of them in the East Coast, right? And for Capital Pacific Oak, uh, they are all over. Right, in the United States, and for the uh, menu life, um, they are mostly in the West Coast, Coast and the East Coast, okay. right? Uh, in the US, okay. So generally, they are quite uh, diversified. And one good thing about these reads is that all of them are freehold, okay. <laughs> yes. right? You don't get that in Singapore, yeah. right? Singapore office mostly uh, ninety nine years mm. leases, right? And yeah, if you look at their lease duration also they just lease they sign with the tenants are mostly also quite long okay and in singapore you typically sign a lease structure of three to five years mm -hmm. sometimes two years right uh unless it's a core tenant you could sign a five years type of leases but in the u.s you could sign as long as 15 years mm -hmm. <laughs> and the beautiful beautiful part of all these leases is that they come with the rent built-in escalation typically two percent two point five percent you know and for this type of long leases, you it come with a rent between escalation. It's very very compelling to you know look at that. So it's two three percent per year, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it gives you that kind of perception that they are very stable mm -hmm. because of the long term leases that they have. All right. So now we have yeah. an idea of you know the, the kind of assets that these U.S. office streets yep. hold, yeah. you know, in their cities and the the quality and all that. So uh, we have an idea of that. So now the question is, how come? Uh, they seem to have be pretty uh, quality reads in the sense that the assets are quite quality. Quality, yeah. All Class right? A, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, so the question is, how come, you know, why are the yields so high? Like you said, what was it 16%? 16.4%. Yeah, for yeah. manual life. Manual life, for example. Yeah. That's really high. Why are yeah. they so high? Is it sustainable? In fact, uh, yeah. yeah. So in fact, before the pandemic, okay, because pandemic is the main reason why I think some of these reads be traded so high. Uh, the office... In, in in the US, I think they when they first listed, they are already giving a, a potential yield of seven, eight, okay. nine percent, right? Mm -hmm. So it's quite high, okay? And what happened after that was, of course, you have pandemic in 2020 and things have changed, right? Um, the Even though now we have normalized, Americans are going back. I mean, things are going back to normal, mm -hmm. okay? But the back to office is not back to normal, okay? It's the okay. new norm, right? Um, people are not going back to office in the US. Unlike Singapore, I mean the fiscal occupancy for office, which the latest number that I get from Capital Land is about seventy percent, and some buildings are already full, mm. back to the pre-pandemic level. But in the US, uh, they are still fifty percent or okay. even lower. Okay, I mean look, if I look at the latest stats by Castle, right? I mean the back to work barometer. They currently the latest number they have is about forty-five point six percent. Okay. Okay. So it's still significantly below the pre-pandemic level, and this create a problem, right? And if your employees are not Going back to the office, there is very little reason reason for the employers to you know rent that space, because most of them are working from home, mm -hmm. right? And that 
cause some of the tenants to rationalize their space that they have in the, the leases they have with Prime or Manulife. Okay? And in fact, this is happening with Manulife. The top two tenants have actually indicated to them that the leases that they're going to expire, uh, you know, like the Queen, uh, they are not going to renew it. Okay, basically, uh, they're going to downsize it actually. Okay, mm-hmm, so yep. they're going to half the space requirement that they used to rent. Basically, they halved it, and they renew at a with a lesser space. Okay, basically, they are you know yeah squeezing people together lah. Because not everyone coming back office all, right. all the so time. So just to, I mean just yeah. to bring you back a bit. So basically, this new hybrid remote work arrangement yeah. in the US is looks like it's maybe here to stay. We don't know. Yeah. 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 So I mean, you said forty five percent of the workforce is back in the office. Which is actually not very high. Not very high. It's still below pre-pandemic level. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Before the pandemic, I mean, some Americans are already working on a hybrid work arrangement, and yeah. now it's they are even it's like more normalized. This is normalized. normal to have this remote yes. arrangement. So they're not coming back. So the leases are being downsized, and, and basically the REIT is earning less yeah. income. Yeah. Yes, and also one of their tenants actually don't not intend to renew the lease also. Yeah. Okay. So which caused the valuation of the property to drop. Right? Okay. Yeah. Correct. Because the less rental income that the property makes, the yeah. the, the lower the valuation. Yeah. Is so if you look at manual life, I mean TCW contributed about three point nine percent, three point eight percent of their gross rental income, and this company have indicated that they're going to they are not going to renew the leases by the end of twenty twenty three. Okay. So that is going to be a big problem for manual life. They need to quickly find the new tenants to fill out the space and of course at this stage they're trying to do hotelization and stuff like that okay but at this stage what is happening we are looking at the numbers is that the occupancy have dropped quite substantially right so from uh, before COVID it was about 96% and now it's below 90% 88% yep. actually yeah, basically all the three office trees are also below 90% right now right mm-hmm. uh, I think the, except the for Capital Pacific Oak yep. I think they have done seems to have done quite well in recently yep. uh, they're still holding above 92% Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay, I I I, I think the the if you look at all the three the 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 two most extract most attractive one is actually uh if you look at uh manual life rates and also the prime rates, but if you were to look at their DPU right, both of them actually drop more than ten percent on their. Okay. Uh, drop. I think which is precisely why they are trading at so high yield. Okay, you know so what? the reason why. Okay, so I mean, we have to re- I bring it back a bit. So yeah. because the yield is high, because. I mean, the DPU is falling. So the the only reason why the yield is high is because the unit price has come down. Has come down. And yeah. the reason why the unit price has come down is because of all these challenges that you just listed. Yeah. Basically, the macroeconomic factors, people yeah. not going yeah. back to work and stuff like that. And then the DPU falls, but then the share price has just come yeah, down so, so much. Down. That's why the yield is so high. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think must fallen the most by about 18.6%, mainly because they also reduce the payout ratio to 91%. Okay, They need to part on their debt because on the debt, gain ratio is actually at 48.8% because of the lower valuation and their gain level just showed up to near to the regulatory level of 50%. Okay. Yeah, and for Prime also they have uh, lost the tenants. Okay, so and uh, although they telling us that the rest the positive rent reversion, but because of the low occupancy that also resulted affected their their mm-hmm. their rental income. And of course with the higher interest rate that now we are seeing across the board, there's more pressure on their rental income, and as a result that affected their DPU. That's why we see DPU drop across the board. Prime drop about twelve point two percent. Must drop about eighteen point six percent, and Capital Passive Oak. Drop mainly because of the they decided to choose their management fee in cash rather than units. Okay. Right, and drop about twelve point six percent. Okay, if they say they were to continue to elect, compared to last year, they elect that in the form of cash instead of units. The DPU will have dropped only two point eight percent. Okay. So capital passive all seems to have done quite well as compared to the rest of the two. 
yeah, where we see double digit EU, uh, double digit drop in terms of DPU. Yeah. Yep. I think when it comes to yields, we have to be careful because a lot of uh, yeah. some people could just see, wow, double digit yields. Yeah. <laughs> but they are double digit for a reason, right? Yeah, there's double, yeah. yeah, that's a good that's a good yeah. point. Is that something is like yielding yeah. so much, there has yeah. to be a, like a there's a reason why they are there and, and it's our job to you know to look at them and see whether it's permanent or is it temporary, right? Correct. So I think that's yeah. the question right now because uh it's the yields are so high because prices have come down. Yeah. Uh, it looks attractive at first glance, but when you peel, you know, look under the cover, you know, and you see all these things. Multiple moving parts. Yeah, mo- so many things mm. to consider. So I think you know, a more long-term investor will go, okay, so it looks like there's an opportunity maybe it to, for me to look at it because the yields are high, yeah. but uh, the fundamentals don't look good. Yeah. But is it temporary, like you said? Yeah. Or like, you know, eventually these things will iron out, normalize over the next few years, you know, office comes back, stuff like that. Um, for now, of course, if you look at the last three years, it's been very tough, okay, because of the pandemic. The leasing activities is still below the pre-pandemic level. So you look at the latest data, they are still way below pandemic level. So the demand is still not there because of the... Uh, the new norm, right, of yeah. working behavior. So I think the, and plus recently, I mean, there's a lot of macroeconomic challenges. Companies are have feel, feeling a lot of pressure on the cost. So they are rationalizing on their rental income. You know, right? some tech companies are letting go of their space. Um, and because of that, that actually leaves the whole office market in the US become in a very tough environment. Okay, the vacancy rate has gone up. Okay, if I look at the stats here, United States, as of uh, end of 2022, the whole office space in the US, CBD or suburban, I think I think they are looking at the total vacancy rate of about 19.6%. Mm. So that is really high. Okay, so I mean, if you're office landlord, you know that this is a tenant's market, mm-hmm. right? And no, although the rent per square foot is not falling, but if you look at the, uh, because in the US it works slightly different, they do have uh, you know, tenants uh, improvement incentives and sometimes they give out free rent as high as it could be a year if they sign a 10 wow. years lease. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you calculate the, you know, the tenant incentives for them to do uh, some, you know, renovation and stuff like that. The, by the time the net effective rent is still actually way below the pre-pandemic level. So basically yeah. what you're trying to say is that the supply is more than demand right now, right? Yeah, so yep. that is the problem with office. You know, every time, because there's very little differentiation when it comes to office, yeah. right? I mean, if you have class two class A, uh, technically you can go to the other class A offices, you know, if they can offer you a lower rent, yeah. mm-hmm. okay? But provided they are in the near same location, yeah. mm-hmm. okay? And that's why this sector is highly driven by the supply and demand, right? If yeah. there's oversupply, typically the market will tilted towards the yeah. tenant's market. Yeah, so, so it's dif- very tough for the landlord to, to increase the rent, generally. Yeah. So I think sometimes the thing about supply issue is that um, when there's limited supply, it's still okay, right? Mm-hmm. But when there's oversupply, sometimes it takes a long time to absorb, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so I think based on history, how long does do you think that the supply usually... Yeah, so I think absorb? if you look at the last uh, bubble, uh, Lemon Brother collapse, I think if you compare the occupancy level only, okay, which is what we are seeing is falling across the board, um, the it took about seven, eight years <laughs> okay. for it to recover back to the pre, pre-Lemon Brother crisis level right okay. i mean of course in some markets like atlanta it takes seven eight years right and in some market like orange county right it takes about same about same duration okay yeah so we're looking at about seven eight years for this thing to kind of like normalize i mean that's historical numbers that you can benchmark on okay yeah. but this stage now there's still a lot of uncertainties in this sector all right yeah, that's I mean, why the markets are pricing it lower yeah and there's so much space in the u.s <laughs> it's yes. huge uh and it's not like hong kong or singapore where your office 
offices are just like, yeah, this is what you have, too bad. Yeah, and <laughs> the offices in Singapore on, on the vacancy rate, you're looking at low single digit. Okay. Right, 5%, 4%. Yeah. yeah. So these are the market that, of course, is tilted towards more on the landlord market where they can increase the rent. Yeah. Tenants will come to you because there's yep. limited space, right? Yeah, unless, yeah. I mean, unless in the US, you have this very key market, like Manhattan, for example. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's kind of like different. So that means uh, the supply is limited. So the inflation and the interest rate does also help the 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 uh the, the landlord market right compared to i think that we we actually mentioned do, doing one of our video that um when inflation go up you know the the ten the rents actually went up the rates start to do well but then on this case it actually goes yes, the other yeah way, right? because uh the pandemic has disrupted the way how office mm-hmm. yeah works right and of course there is a oversupply situation and then economy is not doing well. A lot of com- companies are facing a lot of pressure because they don't sit, find the need to have office space anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? After the the new behavior that shows up, yeah. And there's yeah the su- supply situation that yeah. is quite bad. Right. Yeah. So yeah. basically, there's too much supply uh, yeah. for number number the amount yeah. of demand in, yeah. the, in the US so office market. So yeah. so what what we're also trying to say is that even though it shows the data of the US, uh, REITs perform well during inflation, interest rate up, but at the end of the day, right, uh, they they jump up everything. In, all the reads into one sector and they show the performance mm-hmm. but in bit inside all those are there's also reads that don't perform also so okay. this one thing that we need to take note huh? all yeah. right yeah i think there's research that we've shown in our previous round tables yeah. in our articles on our website as well but basically uh in an inflationary environment reads tend to do relatively well yeah yeah, yeah. but in this case for this u.s office sector, yeah. at this point in time uh it seems that the new working arrangement and the oversupply uh <laughs> has pushed uh the reads downwards in yep. this sense yes yeah all right yeah, and of course with the asset falling in prices, the gain level looks very high now. Especially look at Manual Life, you know, forty eight point eight percent. Okay, right. so I think of course uh, the question now is. Yeah, so I mean, everyone <laughs> watching this, you know, they 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 uh, they look at all the data and they understand they're listening to our research and all that. Some of them will still go, you know. So is this still an opportunity to have a look at it? Should I buy? Because <laughs> the yields are so high, and then eventually it could just correct itself, or you know, is a hard avoid for for you. I mean, of course, uh, this down cycle, we don't know how long it's going to last, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're on the fourth year, right? We count 2020 as the first year, and now 2023 will be the fourth year that yeah. we're entering this down cycle for office REITs in the United States. Um, and the new norms, I don't know you people are going back to the office, unless the labor market is very bad in the US and the employers will have the bargaining power. Say, yeah, time to come back, office, then everyone will have to go back. <laughs> no choice. But because now the labor market is so tight, um, it's employees have the bargaining power. If you don't want, I will switch to other company, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, so that's something where I think there's uncertainty over there. And the second overhang is of course the interest rate. I think we are not seeing a low interest rate environment like we've seen in the last uh, ten years or fifteen years. Okay, mm-hmm. since the Brother collapse, so it's the this could be the new norm moving forward for office uh, REITs. Okay, so uh, the question is of course, uh, if you will decide to. You know, plunge in because of the valuation are so cheap right now yeah. okay you want to stick with those that are financially very strong okay i mean mass with gain ratio of 48.8 percent it doesn't look attractive to yep. me at all okay right but uh capital passive with gain ratio of 38.2 percent only i think looks in a much more stronger position with interest coverage ratio of four times and the weighted average maturity of 3.6 years looks a silver bet to okay. me if let's say i see this as a you know, there will be a way out I think the, you know, once the economy bounces back, in the next three years inflation comes down, interest rates start to it's not stabilize. It could be a you know this could be a good bet. You know, I will go for the str- low streets with a stronger position, right? Prime, mm-hmm. uh, their gain ratio is about forty two point one percent. Okay, and uh, 
uh, with the average term to maturity is slightly shorter as compared to Kappa Pacific O, right? About two two years. Okay, so yeah, so among three Kappa Pacific Oak seems to stand out, but we have not seen their tenants moving out yet. Okay, okay. okay. so I think maybe because they are in the key growth market in the US. Okay, so but in terms of valuations, all of them are very attractive. They are. That at a historical low, okay, mm. compared to the COVID level, yeah, yeah, but again, the risk is quite high. Yeah, right? right. so I think they are traded at very low uh, price to book valuation right now, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, but I think one thing you also need to take note that if you were to look at manual life, uh, reads right, uh, if you look at their book value has been has been decreasing, I think since like um two thousand seventeen, right, was eighty three cents book value, but right now it's like fifty seven cents. Mm-hmm. So there's a decrease in book value. Even though you know the 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 price to book is very low, so generally the the Pacific Oak and the uh, Prime their book value seems to be much more stable compared to Manual Life. Yeah. So again, um, this is provided if you are confident that office reads will pick up. Okay. Personally, I would not go for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the prices are so attractive, because I still believe investing in reads that can gives you you know quality type of uh, earnings di- mm-hmm. dividends, and of course the book value have continued to appreciate. But yeah, this is just not in the criteria that we set out in the okay. dividend machine, Got okay, it. which Got we it. just launched recently. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, even at these prices, you would say, no, this is not something nah. that I would look yeah. at. So again, not a recommendation to buy or sell anything. This is just our opinion and what we, you know, the research that we're uh, found, found out about these US REITs. So basically, you have to pick the right kind of REITs. REITs and then stay with them long term. Yeah. So valuation is just one part of the equation. Co- equation. Yeah. So that's what yeah. we do in dividendmachines.com. Uh, if you're interested to learn how to invest in you know, REITs and dividend stocks that give you a passive income from your portfolio, yeah. do check out dividendmachines.com slash YouTube. We open this once a year. Uh, and in this case, uh, even though it's so cheap, valuations are so low, yeah. you still avoid these years recently at this yeah. point in time yeah. because yeah. there's I mean the, the DPU doesn't look like it's going to go up Yep. Uh, and you could suffer some capital losses, capital losses yeah. as well and you don't know I mean some people don't want to write through yeah. that and, to, and if you look at manual life you don't know what's the base okay. even though you buy right now the very attractive book value <laughs> if the book value continue to drop yeah. the uh, the book value per share continue to drop then it's not attractive as what you seems is attractive right alright yeah, so, so some of these these things are just out of control for the reads as well as macro economic yeah. factors yeah. and all that. Yeah, so I think that will be your opinion at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's pr- uh, pretty much it for the US reads. Yeah. So I think uh, it's a pretty good wrap up, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. All right. So my name is Adam. That is Ruthman. That's Victor. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you like this discussion about US office reads. We. You know, we do a lot of research on REITs uh, almost every every I mean, every week, every month, every year. We are looking at that all the time, and we teach uh, you know our students how to invest and pick the best REITs yeah. in Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia. Uh, you know, for their own portfolio. All right. So yep. if you're interested in that and you want to find out more how you can invest for dividends, do check out dividendmachines.com/slash/youtube. We open that once a year. If you notice, if you watch our roundtables, we hardly talk about our causes because we only open them once a year. So do check it out if you're interested. All right. So with that, thank you so much for watching. If you have any questions about US office suites, put them in the comment section. We'd love to answer your questions. Uh, you know, subscribe to our channel. Many more roundtables coming up. If you like this roundtable, hit the like button. And thank you so much for watching. <laughs>